To it, I am Mal Foster, and you are listening to the latest episode of Dined Out. Recently, my mum, you know her, that was on episode 10, the one everyone seems to love, with good reason. She showed me a picture of my great-grandfather, and let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that man had quite the iconic moustache. I don't want to brag, but that was one fine example of facial hair. And one day, hopefully... I can measure up to that standard that he set. In other news, I've been thinking about the show quite a bit recently, and I've been thinking about how I start each week off by calling you all lads. Now hopefully, you've all been taking it to heart as the endearing compliment and inclusive identifier that it is. But maybe we need to switch it up, maybe we need to change it to something, maybe... All of you out there listening need a group name. I mean, Beyonce has the Beehive. Taylor Swift has her Swifties. Katy Perry has her fans. I don't know what she calls them. The point being, it seems that every icon in the entertainment industry has a name for their dedicated followers. And that's what you are. You are dedicated followers. As if I was forming a cult. Which, I mean... Let's be honest, why else do you think I'm growing the beard? Anyway, the point being is I need a name for you, my beloved disciples. Actually, maybe that's it. Dined out disciples. But then again, that also suggests I'm some sort of messiah figure, which, to be honest, comes with way too much responsibility. Uh, Yeah, as does the whole cult leader thing. Yeah, I, I really didn't think this through properly. But yeah, a name would be good, you know? Or maybe we just stick to lads. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you even want to be called a group name? Do you really want to be collected together like like cattle? Oh well, you are much more precious in my heart than cattle ever will be. Actually, my wonderful wife just came to the door and peered through the crank, kind of like Jack Nicholson in The Shining, but a lot less threatening. Um, more on that next week, by the way, actually, about the time I played Shelley Duvall in real life. But yeah, I'm getting past the point. She came in with a wonderful idea and suggested Dimers. Hey, Dimers. I like that. Hey. Hey, Dimers. How are you looking? How are you doing? Yeah, that might work. That might work. Anyway, this week's episode is the first of two conversations with somebody that started off life for me as a colleague and then quickly became a true friend, somebody that I have so much time for, somebody that I have missed greatly during this whole pandemic nonsense, and uh, who it was just an absolute joy to get to see and speak to again for the first time in, in like four months. That is the situation. When this interview starts, it's the first time we'd spoken and seen each other for about four months, so it was an absolute joy. Andy is... A wonderful human being. And one of the reasons that I I just became fast friends with her is because of what she has referred to in the past as her disgusting transparency, which I absolutely love. That's what this show is all about. Just disgusting transparency and honesty and realness. Yeah. Yeah, in, in all seriousness, pretty quickly we cut past the whole idea of small talk and just just really basic, boring, banal conversation, and we just dived into weird hypothetical situations, things that interested us, just genuine, real stuff, and she was very real with me, I was very real with her, and we continue to be, which is just an absolute blessing to have in life, and I think makes for great content, which hopefully you will agree upon hearing this, the first of two conversations with Andy. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about a whole range of things, but the sort of main points are going to be talking about mental health, meditation, mindfulness, affirmations, treating yourself better, and towards the end, as I teased last week, 
I learn a lot more about TikTok than I ever expected to, period. Anyway, here it is. This is me talking with Andy about a whole smorgasbord of interesting stuff. Hope you enjoy it, and I will see you guys on the other side. It shows you the height of professionalism you're working with. <laughs> well, that's when, okay. This is literally my first time doing a Zoom call, so it's okay. <laughs> what? This is your first? <laughs> yeah. <Yay! laughs> I'm a Zoom newbie. <laughs> but to be fair, so am I. I still forget that people go into a waiting room and I have the power to let people in. Which is too much, to be honest, is way too much responsibility. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. I, I, I don't like it. I feel, I feel pressure. <laughs> Even though it's a case of pressing a button. Oh, was that your cat that I just heard? Yeah, she's yelling. Hold on, let me see. I'm going to try and, and work on my memory here. Is it is it Marmalade? Is that the name of your cat? It's Mango. That's it. I knew it was a food-based <laughs> thing. Really yeah. close. Hey, that's not bad for me. I will take that. So I, I will start with what I've actually started with, with a number of people, and that is how are you doing at the minute, like right now? I am on vacation at the moment, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Pretty well. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) I've locked myself inside, and that's always good for me. I'm an introvert, so. Mm -hmm. For me, the whole whole lockdown aspect wasn't that daunting. I know a lot of people kind of wigged out a bit, and understandably. But for me, it's been, for the most part, it's been all right. Um, I had a lot of practice doing this last year, (laughs) because... I couldn't go, and, and this is the thing, I'm finding it now, even if I wanted to go somewhere, I can't, because it's just it's hot as hell out there. And I cannot, I cannot deal with that. So when it came to sort of the mandatory thing of, well, you know, everybody should be staying in as much as possible, I was just like, that's fine. I wasn't really planning on doing much anyway, so, yeah. I'm kind of worried that I would get restless, but it still hasn't happened, and this is, what, month five. Mm-hmm. I still feel compelled to stay indoors, <laughs> especially yeah. now that it's 114 degrees outside. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's insane. How, have you, so how long have you lived here? My whole life. So 29 years. <laughs> have you got, have you got used to this outside? Does, does this ever become something you acclimatize to, or is it always just hateful? It's, it's hateful until the point where the season is going to change. That's when I find myself used to it and I'm like oh this is okay and then it's cold immediately (laughs) so cold (laughs) so by the time it's out the door you're like oh it's okay now exactly (laughs) happens every year (laughs) wow see I was I was hoping that you were just gonna be like yeah it takes two years and then you get used to it but no no (laughs) and it's only getting hotter (laughs) anyway I'm not I I I don't know why I'm talking about weather because we we've talked and we've texted beforehand about not talking about weather and yet here I am in the most British fashion actually asking you about the climate no one came here for the weather you all got an app on your phone for that that interested um but in general you're doing all right at the minute well I'm really trying to focus on improving my life like definitely quarantine has given me a greater perspective on who I'm who I am as a person and what I need to function properly Mm-hmm. Um, so really having this much downtime has allowed a, for a lot of introspection. So that's really nice. Okay. So what, what have you discovered in that sense? So what is it that's come, emerged or come to the surface? I, I have definitely been allowed to be more honest with myself about the things, the ways in which I lack. So like, I am a very anxious person, so I actively avoid basically everything at all costs. <laughs> so I am pushing myself in my workplace and with people that I love to have hard conversations that aren't comfortable for me and kind of realizing that the things that I find uncomfortable are very uncomfortable for everybody else. So I've learned to be more patient with myself, ways to pull myself out of situations in which I would be avoidant, things like that. It's kind of what's going on. So you, you feel like you are allowing yourself to confront things that you probably would have just purposely avoided 
in the past a little bit more now. Absolutely. Is that working out for you? It's a day by day thing. Um, some days are super, super good days. Like the other day I actually allowed myself to leave my house. I wouldn't check my PO box. I dealt with adult things Mm -hmm. and that was a really good day, but some days I don't talk to anybody or I don't pick up my phone. I don't deal with anything. So it's kind of a day by day thing and just learning how to deal with the bad days. Right. Do you find, cause I do and, and I have, and as much as I said that I like, I've been all right during all of this, there have been points where I do find myself. And I think it's more of an amplification of my own natural state uh, to become detached from stuff. And it's not that I don't care in a malicious way or that I've just, um, because I can be a little bit misanthropic. I can be like, I just don't want to deal with anybody. Just people are too much of a headache. But at the same time, there's this, like, I've always said that inside me, there is like a raging misanthrope and just an eternal optimist. And it's just like an old timey pugilism fight in my brain. And it's like, who wins? The person that actually wants to like people and see people do better and find the good in people or the part of me, which is like, ah, no, people are morons. And so that constantly goes on. But I find that in this situation, I have become more detached from just caring about stuff. And it's it's a coping mechanism, and it's kind of like a survival tactic, but at the same time, it gets to a point where you realize, wow, I've just become incredibly numbed to just about anything. And uh, it's it's funny you talk about confronting things, things that you would normally avoid, Recently, I've unloaded a lot emotionally at home about things that just stockpile. I tend to just kind of ignore things and are just like, it's, it's okay, it's not that big a deal. And it's like little increments, it's like little incisions that you don't realize how much damage is doing until you get to a point. And then, you know, it all floods out and it's just like, wow, I should have probably talked about some of this a little earlier before we got to to this point exactly the same way that's what I'm going through right now so many tiny traumas in my life that I just let grow and fester Mm -hmm. that end up hurting so much more than if maybe I had asked for help sooner yeah yeah the, the way that I equate it really since since kind of being more open and sort of talking about stuff and then kind of doing what I I they say is like turning the pressure valve is like it's just every time there's just even the slightest thing it's just like you crank it to the right a little bit more and it gets tighter and then eventually that pressure builds and it just breaks the whole pipeline whereas I'm beginning to slowly gradually realize and over time in little ways implement the idea of okay maybe I just need to turn it left and just let a bit of steam out and then let it go you know rather than build it continuously that is, I find that if I'm at that point where my pressure valve is turned so much to the right, that it's just built as far as it can, all of the little things bother me and come out. Yeah. So trying to find healthy ways to deal with that, that don't affect those around me. Because I find myself, I'm a very positive person naturally, but I do find myself when I'm in those negative moments, bringing people around me down. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. So for me, this journey has been all about learning what I can do to keep that from happening. Otherwise, it just gets really nasty and people think I'm a terribly negative person and I'm not. <laughs> I'm just irritated. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been doing to help with that? Like, have you been doing any particular exercises or is it sort of like a, a, a vessel that you can pour these into or, or like a way to transfer this or like what have you been doing? In, in like a sort of practical sense that's helping you with this? One big thing that I've been doing is um, kind of sitting with my ugliness a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, sure. What I do sometimes is I like to go to Kim and Park and I will do some sort of stretching while listening to a meditation or nothing at all and just kind of sit with it. And I find that if I feel how I'm feeling in its entirety, I'm able to recognize those things and manage it better in the future. I also have been doing this thing that really, really helps. I'm super, super excited about. (laughs) I told everybody at work about it, but I like to get to work 10 minutes early because like those situations can be very triggering for me. Like when I'm around a lot of people for an extended period of time, 
So what I do is I get to work like 10 minutes early and I just sit with myself and think about my affirmations or I do deep breathing and just kind of set my intention for the day. And it helps me to be more responsible with my actions. So that has been helping a lot. I think intentions are everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, whether it's to yourself or you're like outwardly projecting it. You know, I'm 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 not a, I'm not a prayer person. I'm not a spiritual person or a religious person, but I understand completely why people do it in the sense of of good intentions. You know, when people pray for other people, it's never worked for me. It's not something that ever will work for me, I don't think. But at the same time, I totally understand and and see the humanity behind it because they're actually in in their own way projecting intentions outwards in in a positive fashion. So I get that. But yeah, intentions definitely. I'm curious about your affirmations. What do those consist of? Do you have any you want to share? Really in particular. Well, actually, hold on. I do have a little journal that I write things that I'm grateful for in, but it turns into more of affirmations. This one that I wrote a few days ago, it's just three bullet points that I said to myself. I have everything I need. I can survive anything and thrive. I can take care of myself even when I want to harm myself. And those are just three things that in that moment I needed to hear from myself um, that I can be okay in any situation. So yeah, just things like that, whatever I need in the moment, it can be anything. See, I think that's really good. I think it's good to have a root free. I think those are actually three incredible ones to have. And especially if anybody is of the mindset that they can catastrophize I'm a lot better. I'm a lot better at detaching and not giving a shit about most things. But there are things where even like the smallest thing, I'll just blow it up and be like, oh, my God, well, this is going to happen. Gosh, yes. And I feel like something like that, an affirmation that can, as you say, kind of get you through whatever is a good sort of uh, anchor on on a hot air balloon that is just like shooting off. And you just feel like there's no way of bringing this back down to earth. It happens to me so often. I will have one thought and it just branches off into the most disgusting possibilities. Yeah. Like, no. I read this thing the other day that was like, would you talk to your friend the way that you talk to yourself? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, not in a million years. Oh, yikes. That was really polarizing. Yeah. <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> but, but are you finding they are helping? Like, um, just in, in a general sense, having those affirmations to, as I say, sort of keep you grounded. Do you, do you use them each day or is, this, is it something that you just break out when you feel you need to? Like, how frequently are you using them? Pretty much every day, whether it's written or just in thought form. Mm-hmm. Some days it doesn't work. Some days are definitely harder than others. But sure, of course. most of the time, it really helps to just mindfulness is so hard to learn especially in a world where we can just like pick up our phones and do whatever and it's like it disappears it's there one moment's gone the next so like mindfulness is an everyday thing that I'm working towards so I definitely have to use it every day it doesn't always work (laughs) well as you say some days are harder than others and some days all your good intentions can just find themselves up against really tough competition but it's the intent. One thing that I've learned personally over the years is there's so much emphasis put on the idea of success and the idea of intention and the attempt, the try, is often overlooked because it's it's for like overshadowed by the sense of, well, did it work? And it's like, well, no, not in, in the expected way, but it worked for me because I felt like I did something towards making it work. You know, I used to beat myself up so, so much about not finishing things, which is like a massive flaw of mine. I'll start things and I'll never finish them. And it used to be such a problem because I'd be like, you're an idiot. You can't obviously finish it. You've got a good idea and you can start it, but you can't see it through. I am still doing that, but less now because I'm seeing more value in trying and actually using my time to, to do it. And even if it doesn't work, I feel better because I've at least tried and not just gone, I wish I'd done that. Our society focuses so much on the end result, the product. What did you do? What are you worth by what you do? It's not about that. It's just about trying. You have to try. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. So I think focusing more on that is very important. Sure. I think it's it's important for your own personal health, mental health, but also your own personal growth as well. You know, it, it not only helps in the moment and from day to day, but it t- helps in long term, you know, in, in terms of actually getting better as a person and getting better at things. Nothing happens overnight. And sometimes things just don't happen, period. But, you know, I would always rather fail and still be able to say, well, at least I gave it a shot, then just fail and be like, well, I didn't even try. Um, and I think that is hopefully something that's becoming more of uh, a mindset with people having more time during lockdown, that they're, they're seeing that, you know, we have limited time. So why not implement it and try, then just let it fall away. I'm curious about mindfulness, because um, we did talk about this briefly before we started recording, um, how long is this something you've been interested in and like actively practicing and what else have you done in terms of mindfulness and what have you so taken from what you've done so far? Probably since the beginning of this year that I've been working on this, I actually listened to a podcast about it and it kind of opened my eyes about how a lot of my actions come from impulse rather than actual mindfulness. Things that I've been doing, I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, Sorry, I forgot. What were the other two questions? I forgot myself, to be honest. (laughs) It shows how on point my own mindfulness is. Um, Um, Just basically, what have you been doing in terms of mindfulness to to sort of harness the the, the core concept? Because from my understanding, and I did start reading a book that my mum bought me. I haven't finished it, but it's actually very interesting. And it gives you little exercises as to, as you say, like not constantly use your phone. I think as a society, we are too embedded in technology and it's a wonderful thing because it gives us so much access to information we wouldn't have. But there is just this constant magnetic approach that, well, I've got, I've got 20 minutes before this thing is happening. I'll just check my social media. I'll just check this. I'll watch this thing. And I'm as guilty as anybody, but I am trying to kind of put the phone down more and just be like, well, just, I don't know, just be. And that's like the simplest way I can put it. Just be, either just sit and listen to something or just sit and think or just sit and enjoy something without external distractions or without stuff. Uh, And one of the the exercises that I remember from the book is uh, it, it tells you next time you sit down to eat something, don't watch something while you're doing it. Don't listen to something. Just focus on what it is you're eating and the textures and the tastes and stuff. And just like more observation and more realization of what it is rather than just being a background task. Kind of for those few minutes, focus on on that and put it completely to the foreground. And as I say, just concentrate on the texture, the smell, the taste, what it makes you think of. Does it remind you of something somewhere? Have you had it before? What's your experience with it if you haven't? That sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. That's a really good tip. That's something I could mm. definitely implement in my life. I think for me, most importantly, like talking to people about it, like this conversation is going to be very beneficial in my mindfulness journey because hearing other people's, you know, opinions is really important. Like you're not an island. You need people's help to grow and become a better person. So definitely I've been doing a lot of that, trying to put my phone down more. <laughs> Um, I've also been reading. That helps. Okay. Um, I have ADHD. So I feel like a lot of time mindfulness means meditating, which I do, but it's almost impossible for me to do it for an extended period of time because my brain is a million places at once. So what I do is I try not to gatekeep what meditation looks like. So a lot of times people will sit down and close their eyes and relax and focus on only one thing. I am literally (laughs) literally cannot do that. So I'm always doing something else while I'm doing a meditation. Usually it's exercising that helps a lot. And just knowing that I can do it anytime and anywhere. Like I have the headspace app because I get it for free through my work. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I will do one on my way to work. I'll do one on my way home to decompress from the day. It doesn't have to look, mindfulness and meditation don't have to look how you see it on Instagram. Right. You can, you can tailor it for yourself. Yes. I love that. And I'm stealing that. (laughs) 
you're right though you can tailor it because this is the thing for for me for so long and this is why i was always so spotty about it and i and i'm still not as consistent as i'd like to be with it but it was that it was that thing of okay so you meditate oh so you go to your mind palace you go to your private (laughs) beach and that's it you're just on a tiny island and it's you and that's you for 30 minutes nothing else you're in like your fortress of solitude it's like well if you can do that all power to you but the mind (laughs) is like a tv in which somebody else is in charge of the remote sometimes and they're just channel flicking and you have no control over what you watch and that can be for me meditation for me now i've changed my perception of what it is to meditate and it's i will go and i will lay down for 20 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes whatever and it's just like, well, this is it. I'm just detaching. I'm closing my eyes. I'm just letting whoever's got the remote put whatever they want on. And I can try and guide it. And the more I try and force it to stay on one channel, the more frustration it, it builds up and the, the less effective it is. Whereas if I just go in and I'm just like, I'm not thinking about anything in particular. And I'm just letting my brain tell me what I need to think about in this moment. And that works so well for me. But you bring up such a good point because there is this this amazingly tailored to perfection aspect of what meditation should be. And it, it's it's like an Instagram post and it's just like, it's not like that. <laughs> it took me a long time to figure that out because that's the template that I was working towards. And it's just like, it doesn't have, it can be. And if, as I say, if you can do that, if you can focus and you can take control of the remote, all power to you, keep doing that. But if you can't, don't give up on it because it's not supposed to just be that it's supposed to be whatever you and your brain needs in that space of time exactly (laughs) so I'm I'm so pleased to hear that because I think genuinely I've talked to people about meditation and they're just like I just can't do it I just can't concentrate and I'm like that's fine some days you can't some days you are preoccupied but you just have to let your brain talk to you you have to let yourself talk to yourself And, and for me that's what it is now meditation is like when I can do it each day when I can actually and this is the thing there's no reason for me not to because it's 15 minutes a day but it's 15 minutes of me just talking to myself as mad as that (laughs) might sound right it's not just me babbling to myself like Blair Witch in in the corner it's it's me (laughs) silently having a conversation I didn't even know I needed to have yes about whatever (laughs) there's an image for everyone just talking just in the corner talking to yourself just yeah just absolutely speaking in tongues to myself <laughs> it's funny because sometimes I especially if I haven't been super responsible about my mental health I will find myself talking to myself which is great mm-hmm. when you wear a mask all day because no one knows <laughs> but <laughs> when people can hear you it's kind of strange right yeah sometimes that happens oh yeah for sure but sometimes you need to. That's the thing. I think, uh, you know, if it's if it's that, if it's constantly habitual and you're the only person you talk aloud to, then, yeah, you may have a problem. But I don't think there's that much of an issue if you externally speak to yourself from now and then. Sometimes I find myself cooking and explaining out loud when I'm doing, like, I have a cooking show. Um, that's helpful. I was going to say, <laughs> that's the thing. Yes, it is, because you are kind of keeping yourself in line with what you need to be doing. And it's kind of like a sort of mental checklist but you're just telling yourself out loud, you know? It's weird when you're not home alone and your partner is like, what? Yeah, that, that gets a little confusing. Are you talking to me? No, it's all right. Just me. No, sorry. Just my personal best friend that I keep in my head. This, this is an A-B conversation. See yourself out of it for the time being. Whoa. Yeah, I went there. I pulled out, pulled out that old classic I forgot about maybe that. not maybe not as like as passively aggressive or just outright aggressive <laughs> as that though who knows we like to be kind to the, to those folks yeah it usually, <laughs> usually helps it does so i take it you've you've been you've been doing a, a bit of meditation during this whole period or trying to yes yeah trying to most of the time it's been at night before bed mm-hmm. recently um because I get that I'm trying to hold on to the channel on the remote thing and my brain goes all smooth brain. Um, so I have to, it like, it gets so numb because I'm trying to control everything. So I have to do a meditation and that's how I fall asleep every night. 
so yeah, every day I do one if I'm not needing it for something else. Sure. What else have you got in your in your book that you want to talk about? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. This is this is this is a bit while she looks, future me. While Andrea looks in the book, this is a bit where you just put in a piece of music and we'll have a transition. All right, cool. Bobody. Bobody. What have you got in your book? I think I've said everything except for the thing that I am still learning. Okay. All right. So what is it that you're still learning? How to pay attention to what I am consuming into my brain um, by social media or what other people are telling me. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I find um, myself being hypercritical of myself based on other people's perception of me. Um Sometimes people will judge my appearance, like my hair is pink. Um, people don't like that sometimes. Well, they're um, wrong. So I internalize, right? Exactly. It's beautiful. Damn right exactly. it is. Exactly. On point. <laughs> I find myself internalizing other people's opinions of me, which is probably the most frustrating thing to me. Sure. I even find myself when somebody says, oh, I don't like this about you. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's not that great. It's okay why why do i do that like yeah and i don't know how to stop but i'm working on it good because i'm proud of who i am um yeah i'm happy with the way i express myself so i shouldn't let other people tell me how to feel about myself hell no you should not (laughs) also on the internet especially with what's going on in the world right now um finding myself consuming loads and loads of negative content makes me Mm. feel really negative and crappy yeah. So I am still learning to monitor that and balancing it with my um, feeling of responsibility to be informed about what's going in, on in the world and how to make those happy together. It's a tough marriage to bring together because you do, obviously, with the ever-changing structure of what we're living through, you do want to be informed. You want to know what's happening. You want to know uh, where governmental agencies are with certain regulations you want to know what's happening in terms of like the science of what's happening but you you do that you keep yourself informed but and and i'm just speaking from personal opinion like when you go down news cycles it's so easy to find yourself lost in comment sections for articles and videos and stuff and posts and then from then it's just like and again speaking from my own personal perception um, an experience is that you, you find this and then you're just like, right, now my attention is attached on to user 6196. What else have you said? That's a bunch of shit. What, what other hateful things have you been posting? And then it's just like, you find yourself consumed in that and you go down several little rabbit holes. And it's just like, you have to catch yourself or try and catch yourself. And I'm doing better at it, but still it happens. But you, you find yourself, and as I say, catch yourself and you're like, why am I doing this? is not a constructive use of my time i always try and create a sense of discourse or or talk to people first and foremost because i think that's the way anybody should be approached no matter what your different opinion is you there's there's room to talk there's always room for conversation but i'm learning more and more that some people are just stuck to their side of things and it's just like that's that's just that's who they are I've also like been trying to come to terms with that exact thing. Like it's not my responsibility to educate hateful people on how to not be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't spend the rest of my life trying to do that. I can't spend the rest of my life fighting with people on Twitter (laughs) Um, or Facebook. Do you, do you, do you find you you've done that? Cause I I will put my hand up and say that I've, I've done that. And, and admittedly, at times, if you get a particular soft-boiled egg that just deserves a scolding, it's great when you can just fling facts at them and it just shuts them down. And there is a weird sort of narcissistic, nasty side. And I, I kind of like that, but I kind of don't because yes. it's just bringing me down. It's like, dude, you're better than this. You know? Sometimes I find myself in that mood. I'm like, I have the time. Let's do this. Oh, you want to go? <laughs> Let's dance. I'll load up the silo and I'm going to drop truth bombs on you all afternoon. <laughs> but I just can't. <laughs> I want to so bad, but I've stopped uh-huh. myself many a time. 
Yeah, and and it's and that's the right course, I think. You know, it it really is. Um, because why waste your time and energy on something and and some people that simply don't deserve it? You know, and 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 that is it's going to make no difference to the end result. They're going to leave that conversation probably maybe in some cases even more fueled with the belligerence they showed in the first place so so all i can do is just promote people who are using their voice to do that and have chosen to teach where i can't so yeah it's very helpful that is the helpful thing that's the helpful way to go it's the right course i think to take is to take that energy and time and effort and use it to amplify voices that are doing good that are speaking truth to power that are intent on making a positive difference and not trying to discredit or distract yeah because there's enough of it you know and and we need at the moment from all angles social political we need more amplification for those that are actually trying to do good things rather than putting more time and focus on on bad things i think there's been enough of that over the course of the last three and a half years don't want any more of it thanks that's enough about that <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, no and on that note we're not even going to dive into that because it's not worth neither my time or your time my last helpful tip in my notebook that yes. i need to remember that i have been doing more of is asking for what i need oh okay. because people around you believe it or not most of them want to see what what is best for you happen so if you tell them what you need and you ask them for help they might do so. Mm-hmm. Have you have, have you had a problem asking people for help in the past? Definitely. Or recognizing that I need help. Sometimes it's easy to feel like I can handle this situation on my own and I'll be okay. Or even I'm ashamed of this and I'll be okay. I have a lot of trouble asking for help. Um, but this year, I at the start of the year, I made it my big goal that like this is the year that Andrea gets mentally healthy. We're going to do it. And I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to talk to people about my struggles. And that has been the biggest help to me. Like the other day at work, I asked my friend, I was like, I am so sorry that I'm being very negative right now. Can you help me change this trend? And he was like, yeah, okay. And after that, we did better because he was like, hey, you're being really negative. So stop. And that helped. I mean, not exactly Mm -hmm. like that, but that really helped. (laughs) Do you do you find that it's actually a lot less daunting when you do ask for help or, or that you speak to people about things that you might need help with? Yeah, um, definitely the more that I do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, because for me, a big part of it has always been um, I, I just don't want to go near that. I just I want to deal with it myself. And and this is something I'm still very much in the infancy of learning is is asking for help is just I'm, I'm very stubborn by nature I think it's in my family's genetics um but also just like the way that I've personally rewired my own mental system hasn't helped but yeah I've I've struggled for years of, of asking for help it's just like ah, I can do it myself it's fine I'm, I'm fine I've got this and sometimes you do and sometimes you really don't and you, sometimes you really do need help with stuff whether it's small or big but yeah that's something I'm trying to get around to doing more but I think in the few instances I've done it it's not as bad as I've again I've catastrophized it you know I've I've made it seem like it's a bigger thing to ask and when you do ask you just kind of like oh waiting for the result and then it's just like yeah that's fine here's such and such and such whatever it is and then it's just like oh that was that was nowhere near as scary as I thought it would be (laughs) yeah yeah. I always used to ask myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? And my brain is so good at that. She yeah. can come up with literally <laughs> the worst possible thing. So I asked myself now, what's the best thing that could happen? Okay. And I hope for that outcome because otherwise we're going to plan for the worst, a nuclear explosion. It's going to be very bad. 20 car pile up on the highway. But... <laughs> So what's the best thing that could happen from you asking for help is a very important way to frame it. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And that's something I've never even considered sort of asking myself in any situation, uh, which probably speaks volumes about me. Um, 
but I like that. I think I'm going to steal that as well. Um, what's the best thing that could happen? Yeah. I have a list of random subjects which I am building and I'm getting everybody that comes on now to pick at least one or two. So okay. you've no idea what's on here. And it may be it may be like a 10-second conversation. It may be a 10-minute diatribe. I don't know. That's the joy of it. But it's <laughs> I'm just, excited. It's all just random things that come into my brain, and I'm just like, sure, add it to the list. So I've got here 29 different things. And what I'm going to get you to do is just pick a number between 1 and 29, and that's that's it. So it's completely random. See what we get. 23. 23. Oh, all right. 23. <laughs> 23 is TikTok. <laughs> I'm going to get embarrassed now. I actually use TikTok. You do? Okay, cool. So what do you use it for and why? And I'm not saying that in a judgmental <laughs> way, even though that sounded extremely judgmental. It's not. I didn't take it that way, but I, right. do. <laughs> um, I'm like the out of the age range of normal TikTok users. Um, why? What would you say the demographic I... is? I would say it's probably like 18 to 23, 20, 18, 24 ish. Definitely like my age on TikTok would be considered old. There's this whole thing on TikTok right now of millennial hating and I'm a millennial. So that hurts a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> I've seen a little bit of that and I don't understand it. Maybe because I'm also a millennial and it's just like, why are you picking on us guys? Please stop it. There are a few points that they bring up that I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. I get it. <laughs> like but, what? Um, what? What are they bringing up that that's... How a lot of millennials use Harry Potter as a personality trait. I would, I would <laughs> like, what house are you? Um, the whole adulting thing, like, I can't adult today is very annoying to them, which I also understand, but I've been guilty of saying that. <laughs> Those are the two main ones that stick out in my head that I'm like, ooh, that kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's kind of a little personal. But I use it because I follow a lot of people who talk about things that I am very interested in, like mindfulness, higher thinking, funny jokes. I love funny jokes. Also, it's a really great way. I saw somebody actually post a TikTok about this the other day because they were talking about how people are demonizing TikTok right now because the United States wants to ban it or whatever. But um, talking about how it's given us a window into so many other cultures that otherwise we wouldn't see because our media is so like constructed here that we don't see things outside of our own existence so it's a really cool way to see how other people are living um so i really enjoy that yeah i follow a lot of japan tiktokers people who live in japan so fascinating i love why, japan why well i do too and it's become like a, it's, over the years it's become like a strange obsession um what is going on what am i missing from japanese tiktokers I should probably be you do realize that like once you tell me I'm about to fall down a rabbit hole when we hang up and that's the rest of my afternoon gone so what can I expect um okay so they have incredible snacks Japan literally thinks of everything one of the most popular things I see is those um oh my gosh I'm gonna forget what they're called now but they're the little triangular rice balls I can't remember what they're called and they're wrapped in seaweed and they're stuffed but basically, if you wrap the seaweed around the rice, it'll become soggy. But Japan, like 7-Eleven, has thought of a way to package it where you open it and the seaweed folds itself around it so it doesn't get soggy and it's fresh every time. So all of their food snacks are just so fascinating. Also, their cultural ideals are really fascinating. Like, they haven't had as many issues with COVID as we have because they all have just an instilled value of caring for other people, which is so fascinating to me. Their entire mantra is the common good. That's what they do is care for the common good. So that is super fascinating. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, they do really epitomize the shopping cart theory of, of like, you know, just doing something good for the sake of doing it, even though there's no punishment for not doing it, just doing it for the benefit of, and betterment of other people yeah that's actually kind of interesting there's a girl who posts videos of her walking through her prefecture and it's 
dead silent because they're all like respecting other people's existence in the spaces. Wow. Like really cool. That sentence <laughs> alone is so flipping deep. I'm not even joking. Like that. <laughs> Think about that in terms of general Western civilization's attitude towards other people. It it's is almost like, like a stab through the chest. Like yeah. I wish, I so wish that other people respected my existence. That would be so cool. <laughs> I feel like we just I feel like that is the Jenga brick of, of Western <laughs> civilization being pulled out from under it. Like that is genuinely something that as a whole, this side of the world doesn't really focus on at all that much uh, or even acknowledge. It's, there's a very large focus on individuality, which yeah. I've always been a strong believer that you can still be an individual. You can still have freedom, but you can also be a productive member of society and not harm other people's existence. Sure. And and maintaining your freedom. You can incorporate the two. The two don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, you can use your individuality to sort of further the betterment of people around you, you know, have to be so insulated and and self-serving, you know, it can be a a self projection of good if you choose for it to be, you know, and that's the case. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to a case of choice of, of your actions, I guess. Anyway, wow. I didn't expect TikTok to, uh, to sort of ensnare <laughs> such deep feelings. Um, so what are you, are you using TikTok? Are you making stuff with TikTok? Or are you just basically a lurker? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm a lurker. No, it sounds so shady. <laughs> That's how I feel on Reddit. No, I'm the same. I'm, I'm, I'm a Reddit lurker. I love looking at stuff on Reddit. <laughs> Seldom do I ever post anything. Why would I want to do that? I'm... <laughs> right. Why would I want to interact I... with people when you can just observe from a distance? Exactly. It's like my social ethos. <laughs> I am... I've made a few videos, but I'm pretty much a lurker. I do comment and communicate with other people. I'm not one of those people with no profile photo. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty much a lurker. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to be at all. You know, I know a, a number of people that use Instagram, but don't actually upload stuff. They just use it to, yeah. fo- to follow things that they like, like uh, hobbies, um, arts and crafts, music stuff, film stuff. You know, it's it's... You don't have to be creating to in, to enjoy it, to be a, a participant in a weird way. It's true. You know? And a little bit of, um, like, con- like this, the thing behind content creating on TikTok, it's actually really scary because if you scroll through comments on videos of your favorite TikTokers, they can get really vile and hateful. And I've seen people be doxxed. I've seen people get Oof. hate comments. Yeah or like hate dms like you should kill yourself things like that it is not always a very positive environment there's this joke that there's many different sides of tiktok there's like the alt side the straight side (laughs) um like dark tiktok like um pov tiktok there's just all of these different sides and they all each come with their own different ramifications and some of it is pretty ugly which sucks because it could be such a good use of, of space on the internet but Wow, I, I genuinely, and I'm not, I'm not being funny. I feel like I am actually learning more about it. I had no idea there was like subcategories. See, for yeah. me, it's something I tried once because I love making stuff in general. Um, I love doing graphic-based stuff, so I thought I'm going to try this. I made one video; it was really fucking goofy. It's terrible. It was like a weird picture of Mary Berry and me, sort of like moshing to a song <laughs> like this band idols. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Maybe I'll dig it up and, and that share. That sounds it awesome. Me. It's, yes, it's, please. Yeah, it's it's stupid, but that's it's just me. I just love making stupid stuff. It's mainly to entertain myself, and that's what I thought TikTok was um, for the longest time. And then you just see. I think the main thing you get pushed is is dance routines. That's all I seem yeah. to have seen, which obviously is a part of it. But I had no idea that there was like such different sort of subdivisions. But it makes sense because it's such a. Yeah. It seems like a versatile platform that it makes sense you would get sort of splintered sections and groups. It really is. And the TikTok algorithm is 
I don't know how they do it, but it is insanely accurate. Like they track, obviously, they track your data and they only show you accounts that you would like and it is insanely spot on. So whenever I scroll through my For You page, which is not people I'm following, but new content from people I may not be following, I don't see dance videos. I will see like cottage core things where people are picking flowers and making syrup or <laughs> people are doing like questionnaires where you put your fingers up and it's like, never have I ever things huh. like that. Oh, and cats. I see a lot of cats. Obviously. So... The internet. <laughs> you can't avoid them. And why would you, why would you want to? I would not want to even the mean ones. I love those suckers, <laughs> but, but it's just, it's just a very personalized experience. Um, and another downside to it, of course, is, you may not know this, but TikTok is a Chinese company and mm -hmm. they have just like a weird belief in minimizing voices of people who are disabled, differently abled, um, black and people of color, people who are in the LGBTQ community. There's just so many issues with that as well. Like if, if a content creator posts something about Black Lives Matter, they are shadow banned. So not as many people will see their videos because that's how the TikTok algorithm is built. It's a Chinese app. Like that's what China's whole thing is. They don't allow their their citizens to freely explore the internet and other ideas outside of China, right. China's ideals. So that has been a very sore spot for especially Americans experiencing that where like, we don't have an overt feeling of having a slanted view of media and social media it's very covert so we feel like that's very noticeable to us sure so yeah that's a really big downside to tiktok i had no idea i knew that it was a chinese company but i didn't know that they were sort of um instilling it with sort of systemic political beliefs in in the software yes. that's that's interesting 100%. Wow, because mm -hmm. I, I, what I've heard is I know that the sort of the, the thing being banded about is people being urged to delete it because of, of spying, of, of data mining, etc. Yes. But I didn't know they were putting like content restrictions on. That's mm -hmm. that's a bit sad. Yeah, to say the it least. is really scary, and that was one reason why I stopped creating content. Um, was because I wanted to have the ability to not allow it to have access to my microphone, not allow it to have access to my camera. Because I was seeing people post screenshots of, you know how on your iPhone you can look at app usage, what the app has done in the last 24 hours? Yeah. People showing that when they weren't using the app, the app was accessing their data, which is really scary. Oof, um, yeah. And that's, I see a lot of people on TikTok talking about it, but I think it's important to understand what you are putting on your phone to allow it to access your data. That's a risk I take, and I understand that risk, but maybe like a younger person would not understand it. So I have the all of the data turned off on my phone for that app. Does that do anything? I don't really know, but that is scary, mm -hmm. like that, that an app can do that. It's why it's been banned in a lot of countries. <laughs> I didn't know that either. So a number of places eventually, which is outright banned. I've actually banned it, yeah. I wish I could remember exact countries, but that was one of the reasons why people were afraid that America was going to be in it for a while, even though I don't think they would. I've seen some speculations that it would take away from our freedom of speech for them to ban the app. I'm not sure if that's true or if it is even possible to ban it, but... I wouldn't say that would fall under that, you know, it's... See, could, I would agree. You still have the freedom of speech, you just have to use a different platform for it. Right. You know, it's it's not like it's coming around and actually putting like masking tape over your mouth. It's just saying you can't. And it's it's wrong that they funnel that out and censor, especially particularly like awareness for movements that we're seeing right now and for groups that that really um, are seeing more momentum and are seeing more support and more encouragement. And that's a wonderful thing to see. So to see that restricted is is terribly sad to see that they put those restrictions on, but. That doesn't mean you can't take those messages, those things you've created and place them elsewhere, you know. So I don't know if that I would sort of say that that falls under a restriction of freedom of speech. Uh, you know, it is within their own server and their system, which, as we've just said, sucks. But, you know, it's, it's not it's not deleting all the stuff on your phone that you can't put elsewhere on Facebook <laughs> or whatever. That's generally interesting, though. Like I, I put that in because it's, it's one of those things I see and because I am very much out of the age bracket for using TikTok. Or at least I feel I am. And that's the thing, I shouldn't be. 
and and I, I this is a pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, I'm too old for that. It's like, no, you're not. You're never too old for anything. You're never too old to understand. Granted, you might know, well, <laughs> no, with exceptions. But you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't put limitations on it just because it's a younger demographic is using it. Yeah. You know, there there are ways around it, even if you just lurk on things that you enjoy. But yeah, no, I generally feel like I've I've learned quite a lot about TikTok. Way more than I knew before even putting it in the list. So thank you. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. two conversations with the absolute gem that is andy absolutely love talking with that girl oh so much fun and so much insight and such just a genuine honest soulful caring person yeah can we have more of that please world 2020 more of that more of that energy more of that vibe that's what i want that's what we need if you enjoyed that conversation, and let's be honest, there's absolutely no bloody reason why you shouldn't have, then you're going to really enjoy next week's. Maybe just as much, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. It all depends on your taste and where your interests lie. Next week, me and Andy are going to be talking about true crime, why she loves it, why so many people are fascinated by it. We're talking about paranormal stuff, spoopy things, creepy things. We're talking about cults and murderers specifically Ed Gein and Heaven's Gate. And as I teased at the front end of this show, I talk about the time that I actually played Shelley Duvall's character from The Shining in real life, kind of, almost, when an absolute... Well, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to explain any further. You've got to wait for next week to hear that story. But it's a true-life anecdote, and it's pretty crazy. Speaking of crazy, you'd have to be crazy not to subscribe to this show if you haven't done so already. If you haven't, oh, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You can remedy it. You can subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you get your podcasts from. And as an added extra, if you haven't yet and your podcast provider does allow you to give us ratings and reviews, you can and should do exactly that. That would help us out enormously. Subscribe, rate, and review. Those are your free corner pieces except a corner usually has four so that would be i know tell a friend there you go subscribe rate review tell a friend the four cornerstones of support for the show you can also get in touch and interact with the show over at facebook.com forward slash a dimed out pod and that has all the show stuff all the episodes extra little bits and pieces little fun nuggets or fuggets as we call them and one particular fugget that we really like here is the bonus live stream it happens on Fridays at 12.30pm Central Time and that is 6.30pm GMT. Usually about half an hour long, we kind of touch upon one of the themes or topics or subjects that's come out from that week's episode and just kind of dig into it a little bit deeper. As I said, a lot of fun, it's interactive and it's, it's definitely something you might want to check out if you've been enjoying the show. And on that note, Dimers, that's it for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you haven't, I don't want to hear about it, frankly. I'm off to cultivate my moustache to the point where it's worthy of my great-grandfather's heritage. As for you lot, well, look after yourselves, look after each other, and until next time, keep it dimed out. Oh, oh, actually, before we go properly, properly go, there is a piece of transitional music from this episode that I was working on and that I enjoyed putting together so much that I made a full-length extended version uh, as I have done with a few other pieces, which at some point I'm going to make into some kind of EP or something. I'm going to put together like a compilation of some of the tracks that have been made by me for the show at some point. But for the time being, this is uh, Bow Body. And it started off life as just a simple track with a few samples of Creed Brand from The Office. Because Andy is a super fan of The Office 
as am I and my wife and anybody else that has good tasters. Uh, but I enjoyed putting it together so much that I made a full version and there is an actual music video for it as well, which you can find on YouTube if you search for Dimed Out or you go to the Facebook page for the show, you'll find it there as well. Anyway, in the meantime, this is it. This is Bo Body. Um, yeah, it was just really fun to make and it's really stupid, but just cool. Yeah, it's a banger. What can I say? It's an absolute banger. Bo Body. Bo Body. saw it, this one stunning, gorgeous cartwheel. 